He grew up in the oil fields of West Texas. He's been all over the Western Hemisphere, a radio and TV veteran, former restaurateur, and a cowboy at heart. He's Earl Farrell, and he calls Memphis home because Memphis is cool. This This is the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. And now, here's your host, Earl Farrell. And thank you very much and welcome in on this uh, Thursday afternoon and a hot one it is. We've got 95 degrees outside right here in the great Mid-South and we're under heat advisory until uh, I think tomorrow morning. It's going to be a hot overnight as well. And as you just heard on the weather, we've got a 50-50 chance of precipitation. So keep that in mind. Uh, A warning uh, for those of you flying I uh, just uh, got this earlier today from my good friend Mark Graney, who, of course, is the author, best-selling author of The Gray Man and many other novels, uh, lives here in Memphis, used to work with his dad, uh, Ed Graney, at uh, Channel 5. But he says, apparently, there are no parking spaces available at Memphis International Airport right now, not even in the off-airport private lot, people being sent home, presumably, to miss their flights. I was there the other day picking someone up, and I went into the pickup lot, and once I was committed to the park and too far down the lane, I encountered cones blocking the lot. No sign and no way to get out. Memphis has been so braggadocious about our fancy new terminal that it's nice, but just like any modern city. But everything else at the airport needs work. Usually, two out of four elevators are out of commission in the economy garage, I've seen three out of four with seven levels. Every car that shows up is full. One half of the people movers aren't running at any time. I feel bad for all the people who missed flights today. Uh, I called the airport, uh, called uh, the airport authority, and uh, they transferred me to parking. And uh, I got the usual, hello. Is this the parking uh, department? Yes. I said, I understand that the, your parking is full in the main uh, terminal parking lot. Yes. Uh, so is there any other parking there? Because uh, we're hearing reports there's no place to park at the airport. The blue lot is open. Uh, okay, how do you get to the blue lot? Look at the overhead message board. Okay, thank you very much. So apparently there's a blue lot somewhere at the airport, and if you look at the overhead uh, digital readouts uh, that are electronic as you move into the airport, see if you can find a blue lot. Uh, If it were me, I would find a friend to take me or get uh, Lyft or Uber to take me to the airport because if you get there and there's no place to park and there's none of the private lots outside the airport available, what are you going to do? You want to park your car somewhere in a nice parking lot near the airport and see what you find when you get back? I don't think so. Uh, so keep that in mind. Uh, it's uh, In fact, Todd Starnes commented on Mark Graney's um, post on Facebook and said took him 40 minutes to find a parking place. He just kept driving around until somebody left, which is not a good tactic. But once you get there, what are you going to do? So keep that in mind. Um also, big news, uh, the, uh, well, let me get this out of the way. There is a minor accident on Poplar Avenue just before you get to Shady Grove in the westbound lane. Uh, a small car is running to the back of a pickup truck, and you got all the westbound traffic really backed up there, so I would avoid that area. Otherwise, traffic around the city looks pretty good. Uh, right now, only 101 MLGW customers are without power, which is uh, pretty much everybody's back online except for the poor 101. And hopefully they'll be back up and running soon. 
Other big news today uh, is that uh, the uh, Secret Service has uh, abandoned their investigation into the bag of Coke found in the White House. Uh, and they said that they, uh, they've checked for fingerprints. They've checked for DNA. They've checked all the video cameras. They got nothing. They got nothing. Now, uh, in, in, in all defense of the secret service, they're not the investigative unit of the government. They are strictly there to protect and serve the president and make sure he is safe, his family's safe and everybody that comes around him are safe. And uh, the fact that they were given this uh, assignment to investigate this kind of surprised me from the very beginning. Uh, that's not their main uh, job. It's In fact, that should have been turned over to either the FBI or the DEA. And as I understand it, the DEA could take over the investigation now, but it would have to come at the request of the president. I don't see that happening. Anybody out there think it's going to happen? Let's see some, show of hands. Anybody? Anybody keep one hand on the wheel if you're driving, all right? You get keeping both hands on the wheel. I understand. Uh, you're not going to hear any more about this. This is going to be dead. Nobody else is going to bring up the cocaine in the white house. And, uh, that's just the way it is. It's just going to be another case. It's just like the pipe bomb that was found on January the 6th, uh, that they investigated that could never find anything, even though they had video of it. And I don't know what happened to the video. No arrests were ever made. And, uh, although they locked up grandmas from North Dakota who just were in the Capitol that day and they can find them, they just can't find the culprit who's smuggled in cocaine into the white house. And somebody else pointed this out today. My good friend, Stuart Gunther said up on Facebook said, if this had turned out to be anthrax, do you think they could find out who brought the anthrax into the white house? Somehow I think, uh, it would have a better shot. Simple drug use of the White House. I did hear another report today that said if you were trying to sneak drugs into the White House, because normally the old protocol was they had drug-sniffing dogs uh, at all the entrances to the White House to make sure no drugs of any kind were ever brought in. But uh, that, that policy is no longer in effect. Can't imagine why. <laughs> imagine having the, the drug-sniffing dogs <laughs> with Hunter around them. It'd be... You see a howling pack of dogs, man. Look like Cool Hand Luke. Oh, oh. <laughs> Get him, Blue. Uh, so, and then uh, as far as the the super security of the White House, it, uh, this is supposed to be the most secure piece of property in the United States. And, uh, but uh, not so much if you're just bringing in a bag or two of uh, snort there to the old White House after you get through the afternoon. Um, so there you are. That's the end of that story. Uh, and then the writers, uh, have been joined by the actors at Hollywood. This is all going to be heartbreaking to all of us. And uh, they're all going to go out on strike. And, uh, that means that, uh, uh, people like, uh, Colbert and all these late night talk show guys are going to have to start writing their own stuff. <laughs> I think Colbert has something like 70 writers. Can you believe that? 70. And then you listen to a show and you go, you should fire all of them, all of them. Uh, but, oh, and by the way, the White House Secret Service just had a new head of the, that department appointed just this past year by Biden, uh, some lady named uh, Beverly Cheatham, something, something like that. But, I mean, it is interesting that uh, they appoint a new head of uh, Secret Service just before they find the uh, bag of Coke at the White House and then it, 
Turns out they can't seem to find out who this belongs to. Not that there could ever be a cover up there. That's, uh, you know, we never see that happen. In the meantime, Joe's over in Europe, uh, stumbling and bumbling around, but he's, uh, not alone in his stumbling and bumbling, uh, Kamala, I uh, was trying to explain, I think this is just uh, amazing, explaining what AI is. Uh, take a listen to this, uh, cut number three. And I think the first part of this issue that should be articulated is AI is kind of a fancy thing. It's, first of all, it's two letters. It means artificial intelligence. But ultimately what it is, is it's about machine learning. And so the machine is taught and part of the issue here is what information is going into the machine that will then determine, and, and we can predict then, if we think about what, machine, what information is going in, what then will be produced in terms of decisions and opinions um, that may be made through that process. Well, now we all know. <laughs> it's a machine. First of all, there's two letters, very complicated. <laughs> A.I. Does anyone in the class want to guess at what A.I. stands for? Joey, how about you? Artificial intelligence? Yes, Joey gets a star. He could also be the vice president. Uh, and then the rest of that uh, malarkey about it's a machine and uh, it can only learn what it's taught. No, it's not what it does. It starts off with the basic knowledge, and then as it, uh, more data is introduced to it in whatever manner, it's like those flock cameras I've told you about before, they're now up. They learn as they go. and every, Like if they look at a car, they look at the license plate, they look at the uh, bumper stickers, scratches, uh, cracked windows, uh, faded bumpers, the whole picture. And uh, if they see that car or any of those combinations on the same car again, it will identify it. And it will actually learn. And, and uh, if there are other things added to it, they'll say, hey, there, here's an update on that. Because it's constantly learning. And so that's the scary part about it is because there is no way to curtail it from learning once it starts learning. And uh, But the, best, the, the, the number one thing is <laughs> do not put – Kamala Harris in charge of artificial intelligence. <laughs> We'd be gone in 60 seconds. Just let her go. <laughs> so uh, uh, the other thing that happened today, which is kind of sad, Geraldo Rivera that was on The View. We tried to find a soundbite. Uh, Collins and I both looked uh, through YouTube, through The View's files, uh, everything. Can't find anything on it. So, he must have not said anything to really embarrass himself, but he did talk about going on the view today as he was in a speedboat going from his home, um, on the East coast, uh, to go do the show. And here's, uh, uh, what his thoughts were about going on to the view, uh, today or Rivera. Heading back into New York, another epic occasion. I'll be doing the view on ABC at 11 o'clock. Tomorrow morning, Thursday morning. Right now, I'm off the coast of West Hampton Beach. It's a lovely day. The ocean is relatively flat, still a little bumpy. The issue for me is, what's my message when I get to the view? Will I be angry and bitter over being fired from, from Fox News, from the Five? Will I be resigned? 
to my future? Will I know what my future holds? It's a very exciting, uh, exciting time to be doing the view because the day before I still don't know the answers to the questions, the life questions that I'm posing. But I appreciate it if you watch. Wish you were here on the uh, on the mighty vessel Bell, going about 25 knots. It's about 27, 28 miles an hour. Beautiful day. It's supposed to get a little windy a bit later, but for now, it's gorgeous. Wish you were here. Thank you. Araldo Rivera on his boat. I think he only did his promo on the boat so he could show off his boat. <laughs> By the way, I have a boat. Did you know that? I will say this, though. He's like 78 years old, and if you compare him to the president, his um, cognitive ability, Geraldo uh, is in much better mental state uh, and physical, I might add, than our current president, which is uh, frightening. All right, we're going to take a quick break, then we'll be right back. Stay with us. <laughs> And welcome back. Uh, there was another article that came out about artificial intelligence today. It said more judges and lawyers are confronting pitfalls of artificial intelligence. Uh, the perils of uh, AI keep spilling into U.S. courtrooms. More judges issuing rules for attorneys using the technology. Colorado Springs, Colorado broadcaster KRDO reported this week that a local attorney cited non-existent cases generated by... Uh, OpenAI's ChatGPT in a court filing in a case over contested car payments. The young lawyer, Zachariah Crabble, said he unknowingly included the fictitious cases in his client's motion, according to court documents. He apologized in the May 11th affidavit and said that ChatGPT accurately answered previous inquiries, so it never dawned on me that this technology could be deceptive. In other words, AI can make stuff up. So you got to watch it. It's like your teenage kid. Where were you last night? Nowhere. Are you telling me the truth? Uh, this is disturbing, though. Uh, you know how the, they just came out with some new inflation numbers that say that inflation is, is, is down more than it's been quite some time. But a local restaurant in town posted this. Uh, fryer oil, which they use for frying stuff, uh, 12 months ago was $12 uh, a, a gallon. $35 six months ago. Today, selling for $50. Chicken wings at a case. And I remember this. I do, did this uh, over three years ago during the middle of the pandemic. Uh, it was $45 a case 12 months ago. And they had gotten back down to what it had been before the pandemic. It's now $175 a case for chicken wings. So when you go out and get some chicken wings and they're uh, $65 for you know, eight wings, uh, and now you know why. Takeout boxes, uh, $25 12 months ago for a case of takeout boxes. Now it's $95. Talk to a guy I know that's in the grocery business that sells to restaurants. And that uh, taco in uh, Tacos Naganas, which is a great taco truck. There's about four or five of them around town now. And he said back during Cinco de Mayo that uh, they ordered for their week supply of boxes. That's a big time for them as the Cinco de Mayo. They ordered uh, 25,000 to-go boxes. So you just like they had 25,000 at uh, $95 a case. I don't know how many comes to a case, but uh, not that many. It's styrofoam containers. 
And you notice any place you go to anymore, if you get something to go, they charge you a um, 15% uh, gratuity, even if they're just taking it and the, the checker takes it and the cook puts it in a plastic bag or a paper bag and hand it to you. And now grocery stores, I know those at Fresh Market, they're not going to give you a bag anymore. Uh, you either bring your own bag or you can just take your shirt tail out and, and you know, pull it out in front of you and uh, dump all that stuff into your shirt and carry it out that way because there uh, ain't no more grocery bags, uh, plastic or otherwise. So if the price of everything you're experiencing is going up, uh, you know why. Uh, even though the, the uh, Biden administration t- keeps telling us how great things are. <laughs> go to the store. But you can't go to the one on Houston Levy in Winchester because it caught on fire the other day and they're still closed. Um, but uh, the I go to the one on uh, Farmington and uh, and Germantown Parkway, and, which is a good store. They got plenty of stuff there. And uh, uh, but some of the comments on this uh, article says, uh, "Pad, stop complaining. They're complaining to the wrong people. Hint: Our government administration and uh, dear old inflation are to blame." Um, and then somebody else said, same with hair salons. It's every business trying to stay in business. They're right. I mean, everything has gone up and, uh, you, uh, you just, you know, you either pay the freight or you don't do it because the businesses can only eat so much of it. And then if they're not making any money, uh, then, uh, they're out of business. Now this other Amy said, thankfully fire oil is back down under $40 and wings are back down to a dollar fifty a pound this was pretty accurate three years ago uh yeah and that's true that's what i said uh, three years ago during the pandemic it did get up to 140 whatever it was uh 175 a case because i talked to the people at marlowe's out there on elvis presley uh just a guy to get an idea of what things were costing and he said yeah it just went through the roof uh all i know is we eat a lot of chicken everything else is so expensive but just as you get to where you you say okay i can't eat another bite of chicken it'll go up so much you got to find something else to eat uh but uh we're all fighting the battle and uh uh so Bo jones said and frying 60 pounds of wings saturday oh he was just talking about how he's he's got a bunch of people coming over they're going to do wings you know, you just find uh, things that are less expensive to cook instead of going out and getting ribeyes, get, uh, you know, flank steak. Flank steak is not bad. That's what they make fajitas out of. You cook it on the grill just like you would a steak, and uh, you slice it up pretty thin and uh, put it on a taco. It's not bad. Uh, I know that just everybody is just doing a lot less of it, and uh, certainly it's got to be impacting the, the big steakhouses, although everyone that I talk to that goes to a steakhouse anywhere in the city, they said they're all packed. So somebody's making some money, but they didn't see me in there. I can tell you that. I was home eating chicken. So, <laughs> so here we go. Clock, clock. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back. And uh, Don Grader, CEO of Southern Security Federal Credit Union, will join us. We'll talk about, is it time to buy a home or a car? We'll find out. Now, back to the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. Once again, Earl Farrell. And thank you very much, and welcome back on a very hot 
Thursday afternoon, 95 degrees out there in the nitty-gritty city. If you're out driving around, joining me in the studio right now to get in out of the heat is uh, Don Grader, who's the CEO of uh, Southern Security Federal Credit Union. They've got a backpack in here that was blocking her, so let me move it over just a little bit. This is a, a backpack that Southern Security is uh, begin, be giving away to kids, and they're taking donations for them now. And tell us about the backpack and what kind of stuff you want to put in them, and how does it all work? Well, we're partnering with Youth Villages, um, one of our one of our great partners um, here in the city, and they are um, giving away 650 backpacks to needy children throughout the community in the Orange Mound area, Binghampton areas um, of the city. And so they asked um, Southern Security to partner with them uh, to pay for the backpacks because Rulers. obviously that's the most expensive item. Yeah, and uh, so we agreed to buy. Uh, the, the backpacks and donate those um, to the kids, 650 of them. And so now we need help um, to fill them up with all the appropriate supplies. So um, there's a list on our website. Um, there's a, a box and a list in every branch location of Southern Security throughout the city. Um, it has a list of what that you know what's needed for each backpack. You can donate actual supplies or you can make a monetary donation and we'll go buy the supplies and, and make sure that we've got enough to fill all 650 backpacks. Because I don't think a lot of people that don't have children realize that uh, a lot of our school teachers are going out and, and paying for this stuff out of their own pockets because these kids don't have the money. They are. That's a, that's a big, big, big thing, um, especially, you know, within the city. Um, there's just a lot of people. And I think the other thing that, that Youth Villages uh, deals with is that the parents don't have transportation. Yeah. So, you know, you go home and take your list to your mother and y'all hopped in the car and went to Walmart. Scoot up and the mic just a bit they there. don't. Okay. There you go. They don't, uh, you know, they don't have that, that ability. Yeah. Um, they don't have transportation. So even if they have the list, um, you know, they just don't have a way to get to the store to get it. Yeah. So this is a way that we can fill the backpack with everything they need. And we actually deliver them to um, the homes um, of the kids that need them. And then that way, you know, when they start school. They get it. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's that plus, you know, the food, um, you know, the food desert thing as well. So having to worry about what you're going to eat and not having your supplies on the first day of school inhibits your ability to learn. Um, so we're just trying to make sure that they have all the tools that they need when they get there. And, you know, cause we didn't have backpacks when I was growing up, you know, you just, yeah. you put your you just carried it under your arm, uh, yeah. <laughs> but it is a big deal. Now my little grandson's three and this morning he wanted to put his backpack on, yes. you know, yes. and, and walk out of the car. Everybody and, loves a cool backpack. Yep. And so it's, it's a big deal. It's a status thing. And, and one thing you, as a kid, you don't want is to be different from anybody else. That's right. And, uh, right. and you don't want to show up and the kid next to you has all the, the appropriate the supplies stuff. and you don't have what you need. Um, or you have, you know, a broken pencil or crayons that have been used before. And so it's, it is, um, psychologically, um, you know, it's just a huge, huge, huge thing that they can walk in school and have a new backpack and new supplies like everybody else. I know when I went to the first grade, I, uh, it was a block away from school and we were talking yeah. earlier to the break about how, you know, it's so much different then. People, you right. could, little kids got to walk around their neighborhoods. Right. And I remember I walked to school that day, went to my class and we, we, we're going to go out of the room to go down to the lunch hall for lunch. And after the morning session, I, I had my little big chief uh, notebook and a pencil. And I said, you know, I think I've seen all I care to see of this. <laughs> so they all got in line. They went to the lunchroom. I walked home. <laughs> <That's> a- <laughs> 
my first day of school lasted a half a day. <laughs> oh, it's just so, uh, it's such a big day for most kids. I mean, you know, I think about my kids, the first day of school yeah. was exciting and, you know, taking all your new stuff and showing it to your, you, you, all your friends. And so we just want the kids in the underserved areas of this community um, to have that same feeling. And they can go to any of the branches, uh, okay. Southern Security branches. Uh, they're in Collierville, Memphis, Bartlett, South Haven. So right. they're all over the place. Yeah. And one of the things they get are these really cool sunglasses. They get really cool sunglasses. I like yeah. these. Uh, we got some cool Southern Security shades. And yeah. uh, they they really work. And they, they're yeah. moderate looking. They're not like mine. I, mine look like Joe Biden's glasses. Uh-oh. So. <laughs> well, we, we have just upgraded <laughs> your status. <laughs> You'll love the story. We You're going to be a cool looking I guy am. now. Kathy's going to be saying, where's mine? Okay. I, I went to, we went to Texas and on our way back, we stopped to get some coffee and stuff on the way mm. back. And, and so we're getting back in the car. We're getting ready to leave. And we'd stopped and we were, she threw the stuff away and got back in the car. She goes, where are my sunglasses? And I went, I don't know. I got my sunglasses. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not responsible for your sunglasses. She said, put them right here on the console. We're look. we stop, we pull off the road and we looking under the seats everywhere so well let's go back maybe they fell out when, when you were yeah, getting out to get the stuff go back and she gets out of the car walks around and she looks back at me and she goes you owe me an apology i said oh, for what she said look at the rearview mirror i look at the rearview mirror i'm wearing her sunglasses oh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> you stole her sunglasses mine are on top of my hat so you can go home tonight and say, I have my own. That's right. I have my <laughs> I'm own. not going to steal yours this But time. they really are cool glasses. So check that out. And you'd be right. doing something really cool yes, uh, for absolutely. some kids. Because as you said, that, I mean, I remember my first day of school. It's just like it was 10 years ago. Right. And you'll never forget it. And you want to make it a, a great first experience because right. education is more critical now than ever sure. before. And especially in those areas. Yep. Um, and, you know, just it, it's hard enough. Um, but if you don't have the tools that you need, it makes it even harder. So. And as I said, you you want everybody to feel like they're starting off on the same foot. That's exactly and right. this goes a long way in doing that. Absolutely. Uh, right now, we're just talking about the prices of everything that all the businesses are facing. Uh, uh, had George Gully on with Jim Karras talking about the, just the prices of new cars. But the thing about it is the prices of, of pre-owned cars are so expensive. They're almost right up there with new cars. That's and I'm not seeing any shortage of drive-out tags. I'm not talking about those other drive-out tags. I'm <laughs> the ones that are being produced on the le- copy machine. <laughs> legitimately went in and yeah. bought a car. Uh, but it is. I mean, people say, well, look, look at the interest rates. But prime has come down and, and mortgage rates have come down. Mortgage rates have come down. Um, you know, the inflation rate um, numbers this week are actually up. Um, so now there's talk of Fed um, doing two more rate hikes before the end of the year. Um, so we can probably expect that. Um, as far as cars go, though, the price of them really, really hasn't gone down. Um, there is a, more inventory now than there was. Um, you know, people are holding on to ones that they had yep. um, and trying to repair them. But um, I will say that we um, will also finance not just a brand new vehicle, but one that is two and three years old as a new vehicle, so you can get the same rate as you would for a brand new car. Well, and I did. I recently went out and got another one because the car I had it was just so expensive to work on, and yeah. I, I didn't realize. I mean, it's like they told me it was seven hundred labor, forty nine dollars for the part. I went, "You got to be kidding, kidding me!" Yeah, I'm trading this thing in, right? Uh, but uh, and I compared the rate that uh, was offered by the dealer to what y'all gave me, and right. it was three points difference on the interest. Three points and one year less, and the monthly payment was cheaper. 
Right. And people don't understand the difference between going to a credit union and going to a bank that's or right. going to a financial uh, company. Right. That's correct. And, and that's the biggest thing. Um, you know, credit unions have the ability um, to, to offer better rates, work with people, um, you know, and give them better financing. Um, you know, that's always a conversation about why, you know, we're not for profit. Well, that's, you know, that's one of the main well, reasons. Well, and you're a member. You're part um, of the company. You know, you're, you're a member. You're an owner. Um, of the organization, and so what we do is the money that we make, we we go we give it back to you in some capacity, and that's just one of the ways that we can do that. Um, you know, rates on other things, um, you know, home rates, home equity line rates, you know, all of those things. Um, we have the ability to do that, which is great, um, and we can help a lot of people. And you talked about the cost, um, the labor cost, um, and the labor cost for everyone, obviously, post-pandemic has yeah. escalated for every restaurant, every hotel chain, every business owner has experienced that. You know, so we're paying more uh, for the people, you know, the staff and employees that are working for us. But that's got to be passed on to someone. Yeah. And you saw it, um, you know, with your $700 <laughs> fee <laughs> yeah. to repair your car. So the cost um, of, of what that company is having to pay their employees is having to be passed on to somebody like you, uh, which is where we get into the importance of letting us look at your financial situation. What can we refinance? What we can we combine? How can we increase your monthly income so that you've got more discretionary funds so that you can buy groceries and gas and you can, you know, go to a movie or go to a concert or things like that. So, that's where we really are special and are different. Um, and we can look at your situation and say, hey, you know what, Earl? You know, if we, we take these few little loans you've got, this credit card, let's combine those. Let's figure it out. Let's lower the rate. We can increase your monthly income by two or $300. And that's it, a lot these days. It is. Marcus Beecham comes on a lot, and we talk about that. And he gives case examples of a, a woman that came in, and she was thinking about literally going bankrupt. Right. He said, let's come in, let's take a look at your finances, see what we can do. They combined the uh, credit cards. They got out of these high-interest credit cards. You can only, by law, the credit union can only charge 18%. 18% the, is Some the of max. these credit cards are 28 30% out right. there that people are paying. That means you're not paying you know, hardly anything toward the principal. It's That's all going right. uh, as interest to the to your friendly credit card company. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing is uh, they did that, and the people are getting HELOC loans, yes. home uh, equity, and what she, there's one case he told me, he said, she ended up taking home $500 more a month cash. You that, think about that. Um, the true. impact of that just on your lifestyle, um, if you all of a sudden find $500 more a month, you know, what can you do with that? Um, you know, and these are typically people that are living um, pretty tight, um, have other responsibilities. And, you know, the, the impact of, you know, three, four hundred, five hundred dollars a month to people like yeah. that can be life changing. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk about how you join the credit union. And, and you may be eligible now because the company you work for may be a member or you may have a relative as a member. We'll tell you how to do that. Also, I want to hear about uh, Don went to New York City the 4th of July and uh, I watched it on television. So we'll find <laughs> out what the difference was. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Grooving on a Sunday afternoon, except it ain't Sunday, it's Thursday, and uh, Don Grader with Southern Security is here with us in the studio. 
I do want to reiterate on their backpack drive that they're doing for the kiddos at school, trying to get 650? 650 backpacks filled with supplies um, by July the 24th. And just uh, by any Southern Security location. That's correct. Uh, and uh, you can make a, a donation. Uh, and w- what does it cost to cover that, a, a backpack? The supplies inside the backpack, mm, it's probably about $20, $25. But you could give um, more than that. Oh, and, absolutely. And, and, if you want to just come by, you can give a monetary donation, you know, $50, $100, and that'll cover three or four backpacks. But if you have grandchildren, and I do, and, or you have children, and you see their eyes light up, with the stuff they're getting for school. Imagine what a child that uh, really has no idea if they're going to get anything uh, when they drop by the house and they do drop these off at their homes. Yes. We and do. Uh, so it's, you can call it Christmas in July. Yeah. You really can. <laughs> and if you do it, you get these groovy sunglasses. Get speak, these groovy Southern groovy. That's right. I feel like Al Roker. He's always wearing really cool sunglasses. <laughs> he really and is. I'm hip again. Uh, my wife will say, who just steal those from? <laughs> You stole mine. Tell, him, I, tell her Isaac Hayes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, God bless him. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit about uh, when we talk to your locations, you're getting ready to start expanding uh, your coverage area and what that means. We talked about how you join the credit union. That has also changed. Absolutely. Um, we've just uh, been approved for a pretty large uh, membership expansion. And so we are now um, approved in about 35 more um, counties throughout West Tennessee. Um, So pretty much all of West Tennessee, two um, of the bordering counties in Arkansas, uh, which is a new area for us. And we also picked up several in Mississippi. So actually, you know, all of of the end of Mississippi up to Jackson, um, where, you know, the capital of, of, of the state, everything you know, from our end, DeSoto County area, South Haven area, all the way up um, to there. So it's a huge opportunity for us. Um, anybody that lives, works, or worships in any of those zip codes within those census tracts is eligible to be a member. So you just walk in the door and sign up. You do. And what is it? You open up a savings account? Membership account uh, with a credit bucks. union is $25. And then you're, you're in. You're in. That's and right. and we didn't point this out a minute ago when you talk, we talked about people coming in and saying, let's take a look at your situation. That's part of what you do. Whereas a bank, they come in, you say, I want to borrow $5,000 because I got to do some stuff around the house, get a car repair, whatever. They take a look at your credit rating and your assets, and that determines whether they loan you whatever it is that, that you want. Right. With what you guys do is you take a look at it, and not only do you look at the credit rating, but you look at what else, their work history, uh, the you know uh, their their assets of course, but you also look at where their money is going now, and you sit down and actually counsel them on how we can make things better for your life. That does not happen at a bank. No, it does not. We like to have conversation. We tell people we like to have conversation. Uh, we want to look at where you're, where you are. Uh, we want to know what your goals are. You know, are you trying to buy a house? Are you you know wanting to have a child? Are you wanting to buy a new vehicle? You know, what are your goals? And so we look at where you are now, and we, we really try to give you a blueprint of how to get where you want to be. Um, and we always tell people, you know, it's never no. It's, you know, let's, let's, let's show you out. how we can get you there. And I think the other thing, too, is that people, especially right now, you know, because everything is so expensive, people have gotten behind on their credit cards, and they're embarrassed to say, I've gotten behind, I'm, I'm, I'm maxed out. It, that this is what you do. You're, it's like going to the doctor and say, that's "I don't right. feel well." It ain't your fault. That's exactly. So right. what we're gonna do is get you well, and that's right. basically what you're telling them. 
And I, you know, I talk about this a lot. I feel like education um, is power. Um, I think the more you know about your situation, I think people only know certain traditional means of financing and getting things that they want, which can be dangerous. Um, You know, credit cards is a pitfall. Payday lending companies, you know, can be a bad situation. Um, car, so, car title loans. I right. mean, it's just, you hit and, and people are just drowning and they keep using the same avenues to try to get out of it. And they're only digging a deeper hole. Um, so it, it's like with anything you have that's that, that could be a problem in your life is first of all, stop, you know, let's admit what you're doing is wrong. And then it's, you're drowning in it and it's causing your life, you know, lots of frustration and anxiety let bring it to the table. Let's let us look at it and let's create a plan yep. and help you get out of it because it is so freeing to people. You can just oh. see to know that there's another way out. Uh, but we got to have the conversation. You got to be willing to admit. You got to be honest about it, um, and you got to tell us, you know, what your goals are so we can help you figure it out. Yeah, as I always say, when uh, poverty comes in the front door, love goes out the back door. That's and right. so we want to bring a little love back into the household. That's exactly and, and right. As, you, don't want, you don't want people arguing, fussing, and fighting about money. And that is the number one thing that people fight over. And a is. lot of it's lack of education. Yeah. Uh, just not understanding. Uh, not understanding where you are and not understanding ways to get out of the situation that you're in, which is what we try to provide. Thank you very much, Don Grader with Southern Security. Uh, you're doing a great job and uh, looking forward to the expansion. And thanks for helping the kids. All right. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. He grew up in the oil fields of West Texas. He's been all over the Western Hemisphere, a radio and TV veteran, former restaurateur, and a cowboy at heart. He's Earl Farrell, and he calls Memphis home because Memphis is cool. This This is the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. And now, here's your host, Earl Farrell. And thank you very much, and uh, welcome back in on this Thursday afternoon. Joining us on the phone right now is uh, City Councilman Frank Colvett. Good afternoon, Frank. Earl, how are you doing? I guess I should also mention that you're also running for mayor as well. And, uh, yes, sir. Uh, so uh, you're right in the middle of all that, and, and you're also in the real estate business. <laughs> so you're a busy man right now. <laughs> yes, sir. It's, uh, it, it's, it's high campaign season, high council season, and... Uh, Definitely the high part of real uh, real estate season. What I wanted to talk to you about today, though, is and, and a lot of people are talking about it, is this proposed, uh, uh, I guess it would be an ordinance uh, that would uh, ban the sale of what's been described as assault weapons in, in the city limits of Memphis and also require anybody that carries a weapon, a handgun, have a permit to carry. Um now the the question I have is is this one proposal or are they both linked together or are these two separate proposals? Well, yes, sir. What the council did, uh, and it's an ordinance, so it required three readings. So what what it does basically is it puts before the Memphis voters uh, next year. Now, obviously, we have a city mayor election this year, but next year when we're voting in county elections to just city of Memphis residents. A series of questions is going to be asked, and the reason, and let's kind of break it down a little bit further than that, 
you know, the punchline may be that the state legislature can do whatever they want to do, but we felt it so important that we wanted the city of Memphis to speak. And if it's as overwhelming as it might and could be, this is what it asks. It asks, should, if you wish to carry your weapon outside of your home and your car, do you need to have a permit for that? Now, that was the law for the longest time. Obviously, the legislature's changed that. And a lot of what the inspiration behind that was the DA, DA Mulroy, is refusing to charge people, especially certain crimes. So the ability of people to just walk around with their pistols on without fear of the DA prosecuting them that's where the question in my mind is based. The second one is centered on lock boxes for your pistols in your car. What we found from the police department is that a lot of people are leaving their guns in their cars pretty much 24-7. And that's a lot of what these burglars are looking for when they're breaking into cars. They're, they, you know, if they get your phone and your iPad, that's great. But if you leave your pistol in your car overnight, that's that's what they're really looking to get. So that question is, should Memphians be required to lock up their pistols? The third one is the open brandishing of assault weapons. Now, I own an AR, and this does not, would not ban you from carrying your AR in your yard or having it in your trunk and going shooting. But what it speaks to is the, and, and I just, I'll never forget this. The kid with the AK 47 doing donuts in the, uh, near Bill street. Yeah. It, it would, it would add teeth to the law to ban that. Okay. And so you've got these pieces and, and the other piece, and this is the one I would vote against is the uh, ban on the sale of automatic weapons or assault weapons and the ban on the sale of large volumes of ammunition. Uh, now I'm personally against that. The way the ordinance was written, it was all one big package. Well, that and was. Let me just, go ahead. Well, I just make one last point, Earl. There is no universe where I am ever, ever going to vote or move to take anyone's guns. Nobody's going to get my guns. But the questions that are really centering here, and that is, should you lock your car, uh, your guns up when they're in your car? Should you uh, have a permit if you wish to carry? And that's. We're going to just let the people speak, and that's—I think—that's a good idea. Well, and, and the way you explain it, it's not the way I because, and that's the reason I wanted you to come on because I'm hearing that it was going to be the ban of any sale of assault weapons or assault style weapons, which usually means people are talking about ARs, and uh, the the sale of uh, large amounts of uh, ammunition. What does that mean? I know back uh, when ammunition was very short. Uh, people were buying whatever they could get their hands on because nobody knew if they were going to be making any more anytime soon. Uh, yeah, there was there, there was a mass shortage of nine yes. millimeter. Oh yeah, I mean, well it, everything else you couldn't get uh, Winchester thirty thirty for deer hunting. I mean they just laugh at you when you go in there and uh, and I'm also I have my permit to carry and I have absolutely no problem with, with uh, saying that you my I have a gun safe I lock all my weapons up. And I do not leave anything in a car. Even the police chief got her stolen out of her car, and it was in a lockbox. So, I mean, even a lockbox doesn't prevent it, but it does slow them down. And uh, But you should be responsible for it. Uh, the question I had is I, I didn't understand why they were all placed in the same ordinance because that's sort of like, uh, you know, you're not able to say, okay, well, I, I like this and I like that, but I don't like this. 
Uh, it's almost like, uh, you know, you've got to buy the car, you got to buy the whole car. Uh, it, is that something that could change? I know you have to have three readings. Can they modify this at all? Well, it's, it's already been through its third reading. Okay. And, you know, interestingly enough, you know, Earl, until that third and final vote, I never heard a peep from anyone about it. Uh, you know, I never saw any social media or any talk about it. I don't think I heard uh, about it until the final vote. I mean, I never heard anything about the, the two previous votes. I just heard about people started calling me saying, what do you think about this? And I said, I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it's a lot of things, you know, you keep your eyes open and the package and, and you voting individually on this, I mean, partially the reason why I would personally I guess privately in the voting booth, vote against any ban on the sale of assault weapons. Or, uh, you know, to me, look, you can just go to Fayette County and buy an AR. You know, you can just go to Tipton County and buy your your tons of ammo. I, I, I don't see that as very beneficial, but the the permit, and, and you know, no, Earl, another question that's been brought up, you know, they say, well, are you going to ban anything else, Frank? You know, are you going to ban free speech? And the answer is, is of course not. Heck no. And I think the the issue of pistols and, and weapons and the safety behind that is a question that we've got to face. Nobody's going to take your guns and nobody is going to limit your First Amendment rights. That's not over my dead body, as I'm fond of saying. But... I think that it also, and and we should come on your show often if you'd have us, let's have a conversation, man. Let's open up the phone lines. Let's talk to people and get their feedback on it. Absolutely. And I would love that, especially when ordinances come up. I mean, let's face it. I used to have to cover city council. I have to cover because I always thought it was very boring because it's, it's like being a firefighter. 90% uh, you're waiting around for a fire and 10% is sheer terror. And, uh, yep. that's, uh, kind of what the being on the city council is like and the covering it the same way. Uh, but the fact that it goes on during the day when most people are working and, uh, and unless you know, something is going on, then you got to make plans to go down there and, and be a part of it. But yeah, I think, uh, having you come on on more of a regular basis and alert us to what is going on and let us have people know, because I think m- people are now finding out the results of, uh, uh, laws and the enforcement of laws and ordinances do make a huge difference. In fact, I, w- I want to uh, play this. This is uh, from Channel 5 last night, and I'm sure you've seen it. This is this shootout at this Viejo uh, gas station down in um, in Memphis yesterday or last night. And uh, this is from Channel 5. But just listen to this, and then we'll talk about it. Look at this. People looking for these people involved in a shootout at a gas station last week. This security footage will frustrate you like it's frustrating me right now. This is the Valero gas station at Winchester in Chulahoma. This is back on July 8th, and these guys are having a shootout like it's the wild, wild west. What is going on? Memphis police say several men were in the parking lot when they started firing at a black vehicle just driving by. A car that wasn't involved was hit by gunfire, and guess what? Gas station across the street also hit by gunfire. Uh, it goes on to talk about just how dangerous it was, and these were these were automatic weapons. These were machine guns. You can look at the um, at the uh, uh, gun blast coming out of the uh, end of the gun. I mean, it was just a continuous stream of bullets coming out. And we all know, you, if you're a gun owner, you know there's all kinds of ways to modify weapons to to make them 
not full machine gun, but uh, rapid fire. And and in that case, anybody that uses a AR or any kind of a, a rifle in that manner, flashing them around, I do think that something uh, should be additional to it. But I also think that uh, these underage kids, we had, uh, what, four kids last night that were arrested after carjacking three different cars. Uh, they were three of them under 18 and one under that was 12 years old. The biggest, and I saw this when I was with the sheriff's office, they, nothing happens to them. They all get it. They all know the, the routine. The, there's a credit system. And if you don't oh, have yeah. enough points, you're not going anywhere. I guarantee those, those teenagers that were arrested, the 12 year old in the carjackings were out of jail before, you know, the, the, the cops got off duty that, that night. And it's just, well, Earl, to, Earl, they know those kids know the point system better than the cops. Yep. A B there is a 90 plus percent chance that an adult put them up to it. And part of the things that I'm doing and, and we'll do as mayor beginning January 1st, look, I intend to bring those adults under heavy penalty. If I've got to go to the legislature to get it enhanced, then that's what we're going to do. We've got to make it very painful on everyone to commit crimes or more importantly, to coerce minor children to do it. Absolutely, because the other, it, there's already laws in the books. It's called uh, influence in a minor. It's, uh, it's, uh, there's laws against that, and, and it's, it's no different than getting them on drugs. I mean, and also their parents should be held, or their guardians should be held responsible for them too. I mean, that, that's where it starts, and none of those people are being held responsible. I emphatically agree, and those are the, the, the two main points that I think Memphis, beginning January 1st, needs to go for, and that is you've got to have more police officers, the right police officers. You've got to pay them what they're worth and have leadership that respects them and has their back. But the part two of it, and Earl, you're touching on this, you know, you've got groups like the Boys and Girls Clubs, groups like Youth Villages that are professionals, they understand children, that's, that's their career and their focus. You know, I, I, I always remind people, we put 10 boys and girls clubs in 10 underperforming schools, and within one year, they graduated all of their kids, yeah. all of them, yeah. sent them all to jobs in military and college. You know, we've got the tools. It's simply the backbone of the mayor to do it, push it forward, and you know, as I'm fond of saying, look, if you need an administrative general for peacetime, I get it. I understand it. But we need a wartime general for mayor because I, the problems have gotten so extreme. I agree wholeheartedly. So does everybody else in, uh, in this part of the country. We are at war. If you don't think this is a war zone, just tune into the news every morning at uh, 430 on Fox or anybody else and look at last night's body count. It is a war. And uh, it's going to take somebody to come in uh, with a backbone and saying enough is enough and, uh, and, and start making things happen. We can't even keep police officers, much less hire new ones, because their hands are tied. And Earl, drill down to it even farther. You know, when you've got, let, let, take, the, take the service station case. Okay, who's going to want to work at a service station or any after hours or evening place if people can walk in with their AR slung over their yeah. shoulders? Who is going to be comfortable working when 
people are walking in with their hand cannons, not registered, don't know what they're doing. Probably the weapon's illegal. But, hey, don't worry about it. The DA's not going to prosecute yep. you. Yep. You know, always remember, as conservatives, as Republicans, we are never going to take your guns away. We're never going to limit your First Amendment free speech, right? But within Memphis, we're driving away tourists. We're driving away residents. And at the end of the day, we're having trouble filling jobs at all levels because people don't feel safe. Nope. And uh, the last night, I was looking at some pictures of the liquor store directly across the street from the Peabody uh, and Texas Day Brazil, just down from Automatic uh, Slims, uh, was uh, the, both the windows broken out and it was uh, uh, smash and grab uh, robbery again. Uh, and it's that when you, you're a guest in Memphis, you come stay at the Peabody Hotel, which just got an award for being one of the best uh, in the country. Uh, and then people come here and they see that, they go, man, let's let's get out of here. It's got to end and nobody feels safe. In fact, the biggest question now, I was just talking to Don Grader which was on the show right before you, uh, it's no longer, where do you want to go eat is whose car are we going in? Cause we ain't taking mine. And, uh, yeah. th- that's got to stop. And it's it, the only way it's going to stop is start sending people away and, and for well, a, a long time. You know, it, look, you could be more accurate. People are having to make the decision do we eat here and it's a $100 meal or $200 meal, $50 meal, or is it a $500 meal because it's the meal plus the glass? And, yeah. and you can't get the me, glass. <laughs> well, and what, what, look, what makes me so mad, Earl, look, your glass gets broken. You're angry. You're frustrated. But you could put a new piece of glass in your car, put it on your credit card, or you maybe got some cash. Think about the $15 an hour or the $12 yeah. an hour person who now has a car that is not uh, up to standard. The, you know, it literally is a non-conforming car. They're driving around with uh, a garbage bag taped over the hole is what they're doing. Right. Because they can't afford and a window. You're having to take time off work to get your glass. You're having to take, spend money that you need yeah. for your family on glass so that your car doesn't get impounded or whatever. I mean, we talk about all this criminal reform thing. Earl, we we don't talk about the victims enough. We don't talk about the families, the friends, and the vibe that we're sending out by allowing this to happen and not looking after our victims as opposed to criminals. Well, I definitely think uh, people are very aware of it now, Frank, and I think uh, what they want to see is action. I mean, above all else, we want to see people being arrested detained and then sentenced and go away and do in time. That's the message that goes out as a loud thunderclap to all the other would be criminals out there that you will go away. And, and, and so that, that needs to be made abundantly clear. Frank, I'm out of time. I appreciate you coming on and I would like to have you come on again and uh, just update us on the latest on this particular ordinance and anything else that's coming up you think we'll be interested in. Let's do it, Earl. I appreciate your time. Yes, sir. Thank you for yours. Uh, all right. We're going to take a quick break, then we'll be right back. And welcome back on this hot Thursday afternoon. Uh, I want to thank Frank Colvette again for coming on and, uh, and speaking frankly. Uh, I just don't think many of us have a full understanding of what this ordinance is all about. I think I have a better idea now. 
Uh, but I do think that there are laws on the books now that uh, prevent you from, he mentioned the kid hanging out the window doing donuts uh, on Beale Street with the AK-47 hanging out the window, brandishing it. That alone is assault. He didn't have to shoot at anybody. He just has to, ha- if I, who and I have a permit to carry, if I go out and I stand here and I look at you in the eye and I say, I don't think you need to do that again. And I point at my gun or I just turn my hip and show you my gun. That's assault. That's intimating that I will use my weapon against you. If I walk into a place and I lift up my shirt and show somebody my gun, that is assault. It's just not being enforced. And all these kids with guns um, that are stolen, those are, that's, uh, those are weapons charges. And I don't care how young they are. They ought to go up and be tried as adults on weapons charges. Uh, the DOJ came out years ago and said we're too hard on kids in this community and they, we got to back off. They don't want them arrested. They don't want them detained because it ruins the rest of their life. Hey, what about the rest of our lives that these young kids are ruining and they uh, under the influence of older thugs? Yeah. But uh, they need to take uh, responsibility for their actions. Uh, my father told me when I was a little kid, you know, uh, I'm responsible for you until you're 18, and I will make sure you don't do what you shouldn't be doing because I am responsible for you. But you're responsible too. That needs to be stressed. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back. Now, back to the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. Once again, Earl Farrell. And thank you very much, and uh, welcome back. It's, uh, now the temperature has dropped down to 92, 92 degrees. So that should make you feel uh, a lot better. Uh did want to play this? You know, Biden is over in uh, in Europe. He was in England and then went to Sweden, the Netherlands, uh, and just uh, everywhere he goes, he, you know, it's like he people have to guide him around, uh, like you know, an elderly person, which he is. Uh, but this is a, a soundbite with Nigel Farage, who says Biden has dementia. Everybody talks around it, but here's what he had to say. News reports overnight that Joe Biden, when he's sitting there in the Oval Office, screams and shouts, uses the F word, tells people to get the hell out of here and gets really, really enraged and angered. Now, all of us, of course, are capable of losing our temper, but it's so bad, apparently, according to the press reports, that people don't want to go into the Oval Office on their own. Now, I'm not a doctor, but one of the signs of dementia is people fleeing off into terrible terrible rages this old duffer goes about the place with cue cards he often gets it wrong falls downstairs but nobody ever ever dares say that joe biden's got dementia i would suggest to all of you that this information is the final piece in the jigsaw well i think everybody knows what the situation is uh, they don't want to they don't want to talk about it but what you are seeing is uh, slowly uh, all these people coming out and saying things about it, like MSNBC's uh, Mika Brzezinski uh, came out yesterday. We played a bite with her talking about it's. Th- she blames his staff for not you know, making sure he doesn't trip over sandbags. Hey, let me tell you something, Mika. 
uh, when you're tripping over sandbags, there's not a lot anybody can do. Uh, when you're, when you get through making a speech and she even said, I get on stage, I get nervous. I don't know which way to go after I get off. Well, maybe you should take a look at yourself. Maybe you got a little dementia working there. Uh, you do work for MSNBC. Then, uh, but we've all, you know, we all know people, uh, that have been there and, uh, it's, uh, it's a sad state of affairs, but usually they're not the head of the most powerful nation on earth. And then, uh, when, when he, he talks about him getting very, very angry with people and, uh, you know, cussing people out and stuff, uh, it goes back to the old joke, get off my lawn. <laughs> that was a, a sign that the old man down the street's kind of losing it because he's yelling at the kids and before he was always friendly with the kids. I remember when Kathy and I were first married, we lived uh, in this house and had the, the sweetest lady that lived next door to us. And uh, we were there several years and we had my son JB and when he was first born, she was always coming over saying, and then he got to be about two or three and he was out in the yard and she would come out and start yelling and screaming at him and go, man, what happened there? Well, she got older and you know, she had dementia and uh, you don't have to be a, you know, a, neurosurgeon to know that what's going on you just have to have been around people that have been there and we all have if you've lived long enough you've known people that have suffered from this and it's classic i mean everything he's doing he, he tries to do that little hop and skip make it look like he's athletic again did you see him trying to move his, his his little beach chair around on the beach when he was in delaware the other day i mean it's it's like you know you want to go i'll get that for you joe i mean i've had my hip replaced twice I know what it's like to be on a walker. You don't want to go there because I can tell you something. There's no way to look cool on a walker. He's trying to stand up as straight as you can and go, you know, I really don't need this thing. <laughs> I just can't walk without it. Uh, and you do. You, you work really hard in rehab, so you don't have to use that. But the guy, uh, I don't know if he does any kind of exercising. I don't know when he would because he sleeps about half the day, and they don't schedule anything to him before noon. And then he's done by six o'clock. He didn't even go to dinner the other night. They had some big state dinner. He was supposed to be at on his big trip to Europe. And they say, Joe won't be joining us tonight. <laughs> he's already had his warm milk and cookies and, uh, he's uh, down for the count. And then you look at somebody like Trump. Well, I think Trump is 77. That guy never slept. Uh, you know, he's lived off of, uh, off of big Macs and fries and diet Coke and, uh, just kept on keeping on. I mean, he never slowed up. I tell you something. I saw today is some numbers out that uh, the Democratic base has lost twenty five percent of the support they had back in the uh, midterms. Uh, the majority of them women and uh, Hispanics, uh, for a number of reasons. I think that they're seeing the crime in this country. They're seeing what's happened at the border, and they're seeing the economy. And uh, those people are affected. Um, the, the majority of the elite democratic uh, support are, you know, uh, Brown college graduates, uh, the Ivy league, Berkeley, Yale, Harvard. Uh, but those people, uh, ain't suffering through this economic downturn like everybody else is. And I think that nothing gets people's attention, like going out and, and pulling up to a drive-in window and looking for the cheapest thing on there so you can get something to eat to keep the wolves away. And I think it's happening. <coughs> it's happening all over the country. <coughs> and uh, and nobody's immune to it except the very wealthy. 
And, and, and for some reason, I don't know how it ever got there, that they always made the Republicans look like they were the wealthy. You look at the Democrats are the ones that are just pumping millions and millions into the Democratic Party. Wall Street's all behind the Democratic Party. All the media is behind the Democratic Party. And then they say they're the, the People's Party. What a crock. Not the People's Party. They'd be the People's Party. and I don't even know if they ever were the People's Party. They just told them that they were the People's Party. And they promised them everything and delivered nothing. And that's what they continue to do. Uh, like the, the whole thing was the, the college uh, loan debt retirement. That was just an empty promise. They knew they were never going to get that through. It was, it was against the con- not constitutional. I mean, the president doesn't have the authority to forgive um, billions in debt just because he said so. But he told everybody he could. And, and he's even going to use it again. He said, okay, they got me this time. But we're coming back next time I get elected again. I'll make sure this debt is forgiven. And so you got all these uh, poor kids out there that are dead up their eyeballs, and the most they'll ever be able to make is just enough to make their payment on their loan. That's why they're still living in the basement at their parents' house because they, they, all they can do is afford to pay back their loan, and, and you can't bankrupt your way out of a student loan. It's like uh, medical bills. You got them, they're yours, and they ain't going away. So uh, I, speaking of parenthood, though, this thought that was pretty interesting. This is a dad uh, who's reacting to his 12-year-old daughter. She wants to wear a tank top. And uh, this is their little conversation. I thought this was uh, really uh, enlightening. What in the hell are you wearing? My tank top? No, you ain't. This is a tank top. What's wrong with it? You're going to tank that in the room and change into something else. There's nothing wrong with this. Girl. What's wrong with it? Your your stuff's hanging out. You you got to go in there and change. That ain't happening. I think it's cute. Ah, uh, you can think all you want. But Nathan no, said no it was boys cute. just gonna be looking at your stuff, so you need to go change. Nathan said it was cute. I don't give a <laughs> what Nathan said. And Nathan ain't running this outfit. <laughs> oh man. Good luck to that dad. Uh, it's, it's like I remember the first year we started going down to Mississippi State to tailgate parties when my son was there and all these girls showed up in these these little outfits and I'm going what in the world is going on? I said, do their parents know that they're dressing like this? Because they're, this is their freshman in college, right? They're away from home. And, and my wife goes, they're young girls and they just want to look cute. I said, yeah, but come on, you know, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want my daughter dressing like that. I said, but when you were a freshman and a guy, did you want to see girls dressed like that? I said, well, yeah, but I was afraid to look, you know, <laughs> I'm not looking over there. I'll get in trouble. At any rate, uh, we all know how Dad feels. Uh, he's probably going to lose, but that's that's the way it is. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back and wrap things up. Hey, welcome back on a Thursday afternoon. Uh, do want to report an accident uh, out at uh, Covington Pike North at uh, Pleasant View Road. Uh, that came in uh, about 30 minutes ago. Uh, so be aware of that one. And then we've got another one at I-240 uh, and US-72, which is Poplar. And another one at Highway 385 and I-240. And uh, that looks like, uh, other than the slowdown there at Crump and I-55 coming across the old bridge, Everything else looks like it's uh, okay out there. 
Uh, there was a, we had about a 50-50 chance of rain. I'm looking out the window here at our studios in East Memphis, and they got sunshine on the trees, and I just looked at um, the forecast. It doesn't look like we're going to be getting any precip tonight, but that could change uh, over tomorrow night. Now, they got the big uh, uh, concert, Brothers Osborne, at the, live at the garden tomorrow night, and it looks like there may be a possibility of rain during the day, but it's going to end about 5.30, maybe 6 o'clock. Uh, they open the gates at 6 o'clock tomorrow night for that concert, and uh, then that's uh, all along with Ingrid Andrus, who's going to open, and uh, Brothers Osborne, the main act, uh, country, if you like country. Uh, and there still were some tickets available yesterday, ta- some table tickets and some uh, lawn tickets. So if you're thinking about wanting to go and you hadn't been able to get into any of the uh, concerts at the Garden this year, this would be a good chance to uh, go after it. Uh, and uh, not to beat up on Kamala. Oh, let's do. It said the Twitter user slammed Kamala Harris for air, uh, airplane bathroom demand amid the ongoing border crisis. Really? It says Twitter users roasted Vice President Kamala Harris we're putting an emphasis on the inequity of airplane restrooms, questioning why that issue is a priority for the vice president while the southern border remains in dire condition and prices continue to soar. Uh, the major the majority of domestic flights do not have accessible restrooms. This is absolutely unacceptable, the Democrat wrote Tuesday on Twitter. Our administration will soon announce a solution to help end this inequity. When was she on a commercial flight? She flies on Air Force Two, or she's on Air Force One with the president. Now, the comments section was filled with laughs and confusion over Harris's suggestion, with numerous users sounding the alarm that the potential remodeling of most American aircraft would uh, spike a, uh, a spike uh, domestic prices worldwide, and not that they're running smoothly as they are with the restrooms they have. Uh, so when seating capacity is diminished, do you plan to deploy the government to solve the pricing problem the government created? Uh, yeah, get on the VIP, forget the border and all the other stuff. Actor Dean Kane wrote, uh, says, uh, I honestly had to check to see if this was a parody account rather than a Twitter user really wrote judicial watch president, Tom Fitton. What are you talking about? I fly all the time. The only flights that do not have bathrooms are the puddle jumper flights that have like 10 seats in them that fly for 40, 45 minutes, someone said. I think she is literally so out of touch that somebody told her that uh, the airplanes don't have restroom facilities or they don't have enough. That's probably what it is. You got one aft and one stern, and uh, the you have to go through first class to get to the ones. They discourage that, but they don't forbid you from going up if you got to go. Uh, it's uh, I think she is just literally so out of touch that she has no idea what it's even like to fly. I mean, think about it. She's been the attorney general. She's been uh, of California. She's been uh, lieutenant governor. She's been, she hasn't flown on a commercial flight probably in years. And then, and, and just talking about artificial intelligence, which is what she's got. <laughs> it's this lack of intelligence. Uh, but, uh, goodness. And then you had Geraldo. We tried to find something on Geraldo. Oh, I do want to mention this. Peabody Hotel, I kind of mentioned it earlier, uh, nominated for USA's Today's Best Historic Hotel. Uh, Memphis Historic Peabody Hotels, once again, been nominated for this category. Uh, 
by the readers of USA Today. The famous Mid-South Hotel was named number one in 2018, 2019, and 2020, but slipped to number two in 21 and 22. Mid-Southerners are encouraged to show their local pride and help place the Peabody in its rightful spot atop the 2023 list. The Grand Dame of Southern Hotels dates back to 1869 when the original Peabody Hotel opened in the corner of Main Street and Monroe. In 1925, a bigger and better Peabody was established at Union Avenue and South 2nd Street, where it stands today. This famous Peabody Ducks were introduced in 1933, setting in motion the 85-year-old march of the Peabody Ducks tradition. And uh, that's where uh, I spent my uh, honeymoon. It was at the Peabody Hotel with my lovely wife, Kathy, and my good friend Gary Bell's uh, gracious enough to uh, fix us up in the Romeo and Juliet suite, which is incredible. It's a two-story suite with a spiral staircase that's available today should you be thinking about uh, getting married. And what a really cool place to spend your first night on your honeymoon after getting married here in town. And Peabody Hotel is, is really a, an amazing an amazing place. Gary t- Bell's took me in there uh, years ago, but before they started the renovation and it was just this big, huge empty room, which is where the lobby is now. And they had one light bulb on a stand in there. I went, eh, I got a little work to do here, brother. And he said, yeah, we got a lot to do, but we'll get it done. And, um, and, uh, they did, did a magnificent job. It's, uh, if you've ever had the opportunity to shape a leap, that's incredible. That's where Jose Gutierrez, who's, uh, owner and chef at uh, River Oaks uh, was when I first met him. used to go in there and do uh, morning shows with him, and he would do some great French cuisine, and uh, I was always, I'd always take a can of Beanie Weenies with me and say, because I love the way you say Beanie Weenies in a French accent. So at the end, he would do this saute flambeau and, you know, talk about, got to take it to make a little flambeau and add in the brandy and set the fire. And I'd say, okay, that's pretty cool, though. But what about a can of Beanie Weenies? And he goes, oh, don't make me say it. I said, come on, say it for me one time. It sounds so much better when you say it. So he would go, a Beanie a Weenie. <laughs> I said, see how much better that sounds? They should hire you to do their 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 commercials. Tonight, when you're hungry, want to feed the whole family, get the, the Beanie a Weenie. <laughs> Even when he says hamburger, sounds better. The hamburger. <laughs> so, but he's a great chef. I love his restaurant. Uh, it is. Uh, you can get stuff that is expensive there, uh, but he has stuff that's very reasonably priced. Uh, you always see somebody you know in there. He's always very gracious. His entire staff is. Uh, it's just a very friendly place to go. If you've never gone to River Oaks, it's right there at I two forty Poplar. Do yourself a favor. It's, uh, he's one of the great chefs uh, of our time, and I don't care where you go, New York, uh, Europe. I wouldn't go to San Francisco for any reason, but uh, so you don't have to. You go right here. That's our show for today. We'll be back tomorrow. It's Friday. Thank God it's Friday, and we'll see you then.